And Lord, we lift your name up. God, that's why we're here. Lord, we want to lift you high. We came here to give you praise. And so, Lord, we pray you would be exalted in this place. God, that the name of Jesus would be honored. That you would be pleased with what we do today. Lord, we just we can't even believe you've brought us here. This is amazing. And we just want to give you the praise. You're faithful, God. You're a good God. You're a perfect God. You're a loving God. And so we just lift you up. If anything happens today that's productive, it's us giving you praise, Lord. And as we talk about our one thing being Jesus, I pray, I pray, Lord, that that would be true. That you would be our greatest desire and that you would create that in us even today. So, Lord, we offer this time to you. I just pray that you would bring to pass the things, Lord, we've been praying for, the things you want to see. As we start today, Lord, we're asking for you not just to bless this service, but this church. And would you use this church to bless this city and to bless the world and to really be a light, God. We don't want to meet just to meet. Lord, we're here for you and we're here to make a difference, God. So we offer this to you. We ask that you would anoint it, that you would, by your spirit, use it to do things we can never do on our own. And so, Lord, we lift you up. We love you. We give this time to you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. All right, y'all go ahead and take a seat. Whoa! <laughs> hey, church planning. There we go. All right. You know, my uh, favorite part of that whole time was when everything fell apart for a second. And y'all just kept singing, right? Isn't that it? Amen. I legit. That was awesome. That was like all we needed, the prayers of God's people, the praises of our voices. That's what God wants. And so uh, part of the thing, even with having the kids in here, was like, yo, we just want to... We want to build something where it's, it's messy, but we're meeting with the Lord, and it's cool. We want kids to see their parents worshiping Jesus. It's okay if the sound thing falls apart for a second. We can sing. You know, like, this is okay. I'm not here to be a professional or to run a show. We're here to meet with the Lord. And sometimes that does this and that. It goes that way and that way. But if the people's hearts are ready, all it needs really is us to be together. That's it. Everything else is great. I love this stuff. All right, this is great. This adds to things. It makes it nice or whatever. But all it really needed is, is for us to be together. Uh, you know, this is crazy looking out at uh, this room. Uh, I can't even believe it. You know, I don't even know uh, what to say. God has been super faithful and super good. This is just a picture and a testament to God's faithfulness uh, about him bringing to pass the things that he has planned from before the foundation of the world. Yeah, I've been thinking about lately how God planned for this church to be here before I was born, before you guys were born, before this was a thought in anyone's mind. And God had planned for each person to be in the seat that they're sitting in before you were born. He planned for you to be here. And God has orchestrated this moment for us, for his glory, for his name in this city. And I'm just I'm amazed to kind of think about God doing all these different things with a thousand different stories, with a thousand different things to bring people together for one purpose. And so just I hope you feel that sense of like, wow, like what is God doing? God is up to something and we are a part of it. And we're just like right in the middle of something God is doing. And I want you to sense that and feel that. Welcome to City Light Church. This is crazy. Launch Day City Light Church. Let's do it. Launch day. 
I do want to make sure, uh, because a lot, uh, everybody is technically a first-time guest. We have our swag bag for you. So those are our first-time guest bags, and everybody is a first-time guest today. So everybody gets a bag. Uh, you will not get one if you come back next week, but we hope you come back for other reasons, all right? So you only need one mug. You only need one bag. You'll be all right. Uh, but there's a Connect card in here, and we would love for everybody to fill this out so we can follow up. Something we say a lot is services are not a landing place, but a launching pad, meaning that the most important thing really is what we're going to go do after this, that we go do that for the Lord. We do it together. So we want to stay connected with you. We want to help you get plugged in. We won't. We don't want this to be like a flash in the pain. You're like, oh, that was hype. That was great. You know, see you all next week. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe see you tomorrow or whatever the next day is. Uh, we hope that we can play that out as best as possible. So this is helpful to that. Because I, I don't know a lot of you, and y'all don't know each other. So if you could fill this out and take it to the welcome table and drop it off on your way out, that would be super helpful so that we can actually live this thing out together. So fill this out. The rest of it you can keep. Enjoy your little swag bag there. Uh, we're excited to offer that to you. Just want to say thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of what God's doing. Uh, thank you for making it. We're excited about what the Lord is doing. So today we're going to kick off what we're going to call our Core Values Series, which is seven weeks based off the seven core values that we believe the Lord has established for this particular church that come out of the Word of God. So we're preaching through the Word based off what the Lord has been building and the values we want to focus on and implement. This is important because a lot of things can change and things go sideways and this and that, but we will always hold on to these seven things. These seven things make us who we are as a church. They're things we will always go back to, whether context changes, time, seasons change. These seven things, by God's grace, will not change, and we want to use them and make it common language for all of us. So we're going to go through that. After we're done with these seven weeks, uh, we're going to uh, preach through a book of the Bible. That's going to be our normal bread and butter. It's just grab a book in the Bible and just walk through it verse by verse. Okay, that's what we plan on doing for the majority of the time. Uh, but just to get across who we are and what we want to be, we're going to get into our core values, which is a seven-part series. Uh, something I want to say before we jump into that, I don't know if I should stand somewhere else. Are we good? Well, I, I could stand on the ground. Oh, okay. It's loose. All right. Well, we can try this. You could also hand me a handheld. I could just use that too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so something that's really important for us as we begin to jump into work uh, is this. This is a phrase we'll use often is I don't want you just to spectate, but to participate. Don't spectate, participate. Amen. Just, yeah, amen. Just bring me a handheld. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the Lord. Don't spectate, participate. We'll just wait on this. That'll be great. Fantastic. I love handhelds. There we go. All right. Now we're cooking. So don't spectate. Participate. Amen. Thank you for already doing that. Yes. Yes. This is going to be a place where people talk back. Okay. This is going to be a place where you say amen because you're feeling the spirit stirring something in your heart. This is going to be a place where if you need to give the Lord a shout of praise, you're going to give him a shout of praise. We came here to meet with God, to Amen. praise the Lord, Amen. not just to listen to one guy talk for 40 minutes. That's not what I want to do. I'm not good enough for that to be helpful to you guys. We need to join in on this together. Amen. Don't spectate, participate. And I think about this a lot with my kids. Y'all have kids, you know. Uh, the weirdest thing about kids these days is they like watching other kids play on YouTube. 
right? So Ryan's toy review, that dude's like eight years old making 22 million a year only because he opens boxes of toys and he plays with them and somebody takes a not quality video of it and posts it to YouTube and then millions of kids around the globe get on their iPads, they say, I wanna watch Ryan's toy review, I'm gonna watch him open and play with his toys. And I'm like, yo, you have literally the same toy sitting right next to you, you could play with it. And they're like, nah, this is better. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And they love it. They don't want to play games on the iPad. They just love the YouTube where kids are opening presents and playing with them. But so often, that's how we do church. We're just watching. We're just looking. We'd rather watch somebody else do it, right? You know, I want to watch somebody preach a good sermon. I want to watch somebody sing a good song. I want to watch that. And that's not the goal. The goal is we engage in this together. We're going to meet with the Lord together. This is important. Uh, sometimes I'm going to tell you, hey, turn to your neighbor and say something. You need to do that, all right? We're going to talk. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to meet with the Lord. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit has plans we didn't have. Y'all aware of this? And when we meet with the Lord, we're meeting with God, which means we're engaging with the Holy Spirit who might want to do something a little different than we had previously planned. Or he might be doing something in your heart that needs to be addressed right there. I don't know what it is, but as the Lord leads and as God begins to move, express yourself. Do that, obviously within order. We'll walk through what that looks like from time to time. Don't be a crazy distraction, but express yourself. Let's do this together. Don't spectate, participate. And so we're going to have that kind of culture, the kind of gatherings here, and that'll start here and overflow into the world. Man, don't leave today and go into your workplace tomorrow and spectate, man, participate. Be a part of what God's doing in everywhere you go, especially in the service. So we're going to do this together. We're going to preach sermons together. We're going to sing together. We're going to encourage one another together. We're going to be church together. Y'all good for that? Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. Good. Good. Those of you who already know how to do that and like doing that, y'all need to go first. All right. So everybody else is like, man, I never said anything in church before. Right. Y'all just go first. People follow. All right. That's how it works. Uh, one of the things we said in there was let's be what we want to see. Can't ask people to do something we're not doing. The same for your life. So let's be what we want to see. Man, you want to see the Lord do something and be a part of it. Lead the way. Step out. So here's our two texts. The important thing of the day is the Bible. So Psalm 27, 4 and Luke chapter 10. Hold both places. We'll probably be in Luke 10 the most. I'm going to read these and they're going to set the tone for what we're going to talk about. Core value number one is that we are all about Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Look at that. Y'all ready? Man, I thought it would take more coaching, but y'all on it. I appreciate that. Core value number one, we are all about Jesus. All about Jesus. So here are two verses that help embody that. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And then Luke 10 pulls the one thing theme up again with Jesus. It says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha distracted herself with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her. He said, Martha, 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 you are anxious and troubled. About five of y'all got that. Y'all, y'all, y'all feel that joke? Yeah, yeah. Okay, back there, a few of you. Man, all right. 
Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay, I don't even want to explain it. All right, anyways, anyways. I was excited to do that one. Okay, all right. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. These two texts, we want to build something off of to say our one thing is to prioritize the presence of Jesus. The person and work of Jesus. We are all about Jesus. It's all we care about. This is what we are. We're all about Jesus. This is how we summarize it. This is actually on the website. I want to read it word for word because we crafted it this way. This is how we summarize core value number one. The greatest thing in life is knowing Jesus. If we could ask for one thing, one thing, it would be to draw closer to Jesus. We fully believe and live by the truth that Psalm 1611 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We believe that. This takes priority over everything else we want to be and do. We are a people who earnestly seek the Lord, who love to dwell in his presence and gaze upon his beauty. Psalm 27, 4. Now, in the midst of a hurried and busy culture, which y'all were hurried and busy running in here this morning, right? Hurried and busy because you had to park over at Providence Rec Center. How many of y'all took the shuttle over here? How many shuttlers we got? A few? Okay. All right. They said there were shuttling people. I don't know. In the midst of a busy culture, we will prize taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus. This is the highest priority in our public gatherings and our personal lives. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only Savior, Acts 4.12. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead so that if anybody believes in his name, they can have eternal life. Some of y'all came here this morning just to hear that. You came here and you thought it was the launch of a church. No, it's the launch of your relationship with Jesus. I just know, I've been feeling, I just know the Lord's going to pull a harvest today. That There's those who came that thought they were supporting some church or coming with a friend. And the Lord brought you here so you'd hear how much he loves you. He loves you. So everything to us is knowing Jesus. We want to know him more and more. In summary, here's two short things. Jesus is our priority. Jesus is our message. So if we say we're all about Jesus, two simple ways to hang that is Jesus is our priority. And he's first. And Jesus is our message. He's what we talk about. We're a Jesus people. So number one, Jesus is our priority. So as we, as we get ready to dive into the text, I wanted to address a couple things. I've been getting two questions all summer long. You know, people that are interested, most of y'all have been asking me these questions. These are good questions. Here are the two questions. Yo, Nate, what's the plan? What's the plan, Nate? I don't know why y'all asked me that question. Anybody who knows me, that's not a question to ask Nate. That's number one, what's the plan? Number two, where's the need? What's the plan, Nate? Where's the need? How can I help? And I've been thinking through, man, how do I most efficiently answer these questions? How do we answer those questions in a way that's helpful and good? And I think we've had a pretty good answer, honestly, to what's the plan. Our plan is our mission. Our passion is to shine the light of Christ in dark and hard places to bring real hope and help to all people. This is our mission. This is our passion. We're shining the light. What we say a lot is that light is made for darkness. So if Jesus calls his people the light of the world, that means he has designed each and every one of us to be in a dark place and a hard place for him. There's no such thing as a super Christian. No such thing as somebody that does it better, that has more ability and power. No, 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 no. Every Christian empowered by the spirit is wired, designed to be the light. I don't turn my iPhone light on if I walk out that door right now when it's light outside. I don't do that. Why would I do that? I turn the light on when it's dark. The light only works in the dark. It's only helpful in the dark. 
And sometimes we just hang out in the light all the time. Or we think the dark is for other people, super Christians. And we're here to say, no, no, no. Our passion is to shine the light of Christ, to equip every person to do that in dark and hard places, to bring real hope in Jesus' name and help, real tangible help to all people. All people. This is our mission. This is our plan. This is what we are about. More specifically, our vision is to bring to light, bring light to the world by planting community-centered churches, is what we're calling them, that are equipped with people and programs that can make communities flourish spiritually and physically. The idea being that one day we hope maybe the Lord grants us a space in which we can have service, but the community uses our space. We just happen to meet there sometimes. We're in that space all the time, offering services. We are a real light, a 24-7 space where people can meet with the Lord, where people can meet their needs, where people can get help and get hope. And plant these kind of churches where we don't run a church just for it to exist on Sunday. Our building and everything about us is a 24-7 enterprise. That's our desire. That's our goal. We want to plant these kinds of churches. And by God's grace, we already have some, some ideas in mind and some people that can begin to work on this. We are super excited. Our basic structure, just to help you out, is lighthouses and light teams. Lighthouses are a local place for spiritual growth and community engagement. This is our plan for us to launch into our lighthouses where you can grow spiritually and engage your community based off where you live. We have lighthouses here. We'll have them stand up later. You'll be able to see who's leading those. And Light Teams is a place for you to use your gifts, to use your skill sets in the community or in church. These are two ways you can get plugged in and involved. Very simple, lighthouses and light teams. We have these things in place. This is part of our plan. As we've said all along, our services are not a landing place but a launching pad. We are the light of the world. And to all this, I say yes and amen. amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. <laughs> Thank you. Yes and amen to all this. But the more I've been looking at this text, the more I've been thinking about what our priority is, all these good things could be a distraction if they're misprioritized. This is important for us. The Bible and the Lord teaches us that he, above even doing good things, loving him is our greatest command. Falling in love, expressing love for him is our greatest priority. This is who we were made to be. Therefore, our agenda is to awaken affection for Jesus. You say, what's the plan, Nate? The plan is to awaken affection for Jesus. For Jesus in our own hearts. For Jesus in the community. This is the number one item on the agenda and nothing else comes close. No matter how many good things we could do for the world and we will do them, this is it. Jesus wants our praise. He wants us to be a people who love him who are affected by him. And so our agenda is to awaken affection for Jesus. The second thing, our plan is to praise the work of Jesus. What's the plan, Nate? Yo, the plan is to praise. We're going to praise him. We're going to praise him when we gather. We're going to praise him when we scatter. We're going to praise him on our own with our Bibles. We're going to praise him with our lighthouses and our groups. We're going to praise him at work. We're going to praise him in this space. Our plan is to create more praise of Jesus. In our own hearts and in the hearts of those around us. This is what we are all about. This is what it is all about, is to praise Jesus. This is why I want you guys to be praying along with me. We're actually working on uh, a space right here in the community uh, that we're negotiating now that we could use. It will not be big enough to fit services, but we'd like to host prayer gatherings, begin to run after-school programs in it. We could have it 24-7. I would love for us to have times throughout the week where we meet and worship and pray, to have a house of prayer, so to speak, like the Lord said, where we can constantly have a space that's available to people, including ourselves, to give the Lord praise and to help meet needs as best we can. 
thing. And so you can join me in prayer for that. We're working on that space now. It's right around the corner. God has providentially led us there, and we're excited about it and that it's the little seed for the vision we hope to implement uh, bigger after that. And so be praying about that. Super excited. We want a place where we can seek Christ and serve our community and do that all the time. And so be praying a little seed for the vision. So the second question then has been, hey, hey Nate, where's the need? What's the plan? Our plan is to awaken affection for Jesus, to praise Jesus. That's our plan, even though we want to do all these other things. Where's the need? I want to help. And that's great. I'm glad you want to help. I'm glad that we want to fill a need. And yes and amen, there's lots of needs to fill. And God has equipped you and given you skills, gifts, and resources. Leverage them. Use them. We have a lot to do. We have things to plug you in with. There is a ton to go ahead and make happen now. There's a ton of need around us. There's a ton of need. But you know what's interesting is if the most important thing is worship of Jesus, then the greatest need might not be around us, but inside of us. The greatest need might be inside of us, not just around us. The greatest need for us is that the spirit would awaken affection for Jesus in our own hearts. Right. We've become so bored sometimes, so dulled, so numb to what Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so what needs to happen first before we go do anything for the world is that our hearts fall madly in love with Jesus. That's what has to happen first. The greatest need is that the spirit would awaken this affection in our hearts. It's not just around us, but inside of us. So when I say, where's the need? The first thing I'm going to say is let's look in our own hearts. When you say, where's the need? Your first thought should be, where's my own heart with the Lord? Am I really in love with him? Is he my greatest desire? Do I want to follow him with all my heart? We cannot let what seems urgent drive out what's most important. Our highest priority will always be seeking the presence of Jesus. Always. Nothing will compete with this, no matter how good it may seem. And we're going to see from Mary and Martha how this can play itself out. But you know what's interesting? What I love about this is it's not just in a worship setting where you seek the presence of Jesus. But if you abide in him, the Bible says, Jesus says, if you go and make disciples, y'all know how he ends it? He says, I will, what does he say? I will, I will be with you to the end of the age. Go and make disciples, go and make a difference, and I will be with you. Sometimes people say, I want to experience the presence of God. And I ask them, have you shared the gospel with anybody? Like, I went to worship. Well, it might have not done it for you because you haven't been following the Lord all week. Uh, worship is, a, is a, uh, a thing that goes on top of that, you know. It's a thing that encourages it. But when we want to seek the presence of God, these two things aren't in conflict. Doing mission and seeking the presence of the Lord. They go hand in hand, but they only go hand in hand if the presence of Jesus comes first. If I'm pursuing the presence of Jesus in my own heart, in my life, if I'm pursuing adoration of him and affection for him and growing to love God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength, if he is my one thing, as I go out into the world, he will go with me. And I will experience his presence in worship. I will experience his presence on my own at my table. I will experience his presence sharing the gospel with my neighbor. I will experience his presence serving the poor. I will experience his presence in a tangible, manifest, life-changing way if he comes first. I will always experience his presence. These things are not separates. They go hand in hand. It's just an order. The order is what's most important. Some of you may still be thinking, man, this sounds counterintuitive to actually making a difference. You just want to sit around, you know, and, uh, Jesus, you know, what does that mean? Well, I want you to see something from John 15. This is a simple truth. You can write it down. If we don't abide, we won't affect. 
Right now, if we don't abide, we won't affect. If we don't abide, we won't affect. This is what Jesus says in John 15. Look at this. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Cannot bear fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who ever abides in me is bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, say it with me, nothing. Apart from me, you can do a little bit. That's what we think. Apart from me, you can do something. Apart from me, because you have resources, skills, and experiences, you can move the needle. No, 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 no. Look what he says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how, how foolish would it be of us to try to go charge a hill without the empowering presence of Jesus? To use our skills, experiences, and resources to go make a difference without encountering Jesus. We would waste a lot of time. You see that? We do nothing, nothing. And so we have to have first things first. We want to make a difference, but the way you make a difference is by prioritizing the presence of Jesus, by being with him, loving him, growing in your adoration of him, awakening affection in your own heart. And this is going to take discipline and effort in your life because we're so, you know, I'm going to do a million things all day, man. Y'all just running. We all doing this all the time. You're sitting in traffic for hours, just so mad, doing all this stuff all the time. And we don't ever just sit and say, man, Jesus, you're so great. And just think about it, you know, for like two seconds. Like, man, I can't believe you would die for me. That's crazy. I'm the worst, you know. Yeah. You would die for me? That's crazy. I can't believe it. And let that just soak in. Let it affect you, you know? Let your emotions change because you met with Jesus. Our emotions should be affected if we're meeting with the living God. We cannot just go through our routine. So if we don't abide, we won't affect. We're going to talk about this a lot. It's a lifestyle of receiving and releasing, receiving and releasing, receiving and releasing. What's important is you cannot give what you do not have. Now listen to this. You can give away a message you don't believe. You cannot give away a relationship you haven't received. You can give away the message. It's facts. You can say it all day long. What you cannot give away is a relationship that you don't have. A relationship that's not vibrant. I use this illustration a lot in, in lots of different settings, but I think this is so important. Often Christianity is like this. We're looking at the waterfall over there, and it's over there in the distance, and we're like, that waterfall looks great. Let me tell you about it. It goes really fast. If you get under it, it feels real refreshing. That water's super pure. It's great, man. If you get under it, it'll just be a great experience, man. Why don't you go over there? It's great. And you know what the call of the Christian is to be standing in the waterfall being like, this is great. And everybody's like, what? And they're like, come over here. You know, we have to switch from go over there to come in here. You can get the facts right. Go over there. That's where life is. But that's not very effective. It's coming here. I'm experiencing this life. I want to invite you into it. I'm under the waterfall. This is great. And that kind of relationship with the Lord is what makes all the difference. We want to be a people under the waterfall. Not just the people who know the waterfall, who can talk about the waterfall, who can point people in the right direction to experience the waterfall, who can do all of those things but haven't actually been in the waterfall. On a daily, continual basis. Let's be a people in the waterfall. So a couple things from the text itself now with that. 
to get us started. Number one, we're going to see from this text, a simple thing for us if we're going to pursue this is number one, don't get distracted. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. There you go. All right. Listen up. You're all right. You talked in church. You're still alive. Everything's good. You're good. Nobody's mad at you. You're all right. You're all right. The introverted people, how y'all feeling? Y'all good? You feel all right? You might feel good, right? You just like released something, you know? You're like, man, I've been waiting years to say something in church. Nobody gave me, nobody gave me any permission, but there we go. Don't get distracted. Look at this verse, man. Y'all, this is nuts. Look at this. In verse uh, 39 and 40, he says, And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now take the period and the verse marker out of it. Let the flow of thought work. She had a sister called Mary. She sat at the feet of Jesus, and she listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. But Martha was distracted. What was she distracted with? Much serving. Martha was distracted. You know what's interesting? She's trying to serve Jesus. And the Bible calls her distracted. And Jesus himself, look, calls her troubled and anxious. Can you imagine? You're like, I'm literally trying to serve you. You're going to call me distracted, troubled, and anxious. Like, don't come to my house again. We ain't doing this, you know. Why in the world? They're distracted, troubled, anxious. Well, you get the impression that she's like in a tizzy. She's a nervous wreck. She's all around. She just oh, is so upset about her house. So upset about things not being in place. And she's super mad that her sister's a bum, you know. <laughs> she don't do nothing, you know. And we find, this is not the only time we find Martha at the feet of Jesus. So she must be tired of it. She's like, yo, that's a good thing, I guess. But I wish you'd do some work, Mary. You know, I wish you'd get to it. Martha's the one on the Enneagram. Mary's the seven, if that means anything to you guys. Martha wants to get stuff done. Mary wants to live her life and experience things. And they conflict with each other, all right. And this is what's happening and the Bible calls her distracted, and Jesus calls her troubled and anxious. And she's literally trying to prepare a house to be nice to Jesus. Something we would all say is a good thing. None of us would look at that situation and go, Martha, man, you need to just tail it back a little bit. You know, Jesus isn't that important. Don't worry about it. You know, like we wouldn't do that. But Jesus knew what was in her heart. I think something we learned for this is sometimes in our efforts to be dutiful for Jesus, we forget our primary call is to delight in Jesus. Sometimes in our efforts to be dutiful for Jesus, which is a good thing, I think Mary had the right intentions. We get distracted and we forget our primary call, which is to delight in Jesus. Delight comes before duty. As a matter of fact, delight is what makes duty work. And what makes it work is what makes it effective. Imagine this, right? She was so busy trying to make her house that she ignored her maker. She's looking at her house. What do I need to make? And her maker is standing in the house and she's not talking to him. She's gotten so distracted. She's so distracted. You think about this with distracted driving, right? It's a super problem, big deal. None of y'all be like, yeah, I don't text and drive. Sure you don't. Yeah, okay. You listen to your little thing on the iPhone that comes up, says, I'm driving. I don't know. People send that to me. I'm like, you're not paying attention to that. I know you're not. So did any of you actually use that? You guys use that? You're like, I actually don't text while I drive. Okay, good. You're honest people in here. That's great. <laughs> Imagine getting in an accident and you were like, man, my friend was having a really hard time. I needed to text them. And I was texting them because they were having a hard time. 
Or saying, man, my car, I got an accident, but my car was really dirty. I had to clean it up. You'd be like, those are, both of those are good things, but what did you miss? The thing you were supposed to be doing, driving the car. And so it is with us in Christianity and living for Jesus. So often we miss the thing we're supposed to be doing because we have good things to do. We get distracted and we crash our life while trying to do good things because we haven't prioritized Jesus, the presence of Jesus. So number one, don't get distracted. You need to think about right now, what's your distraction? What good thing is getting in the way? Maybe what bad thing is getting in the way? What is distracting you from growing in your love for Jesus, for spending time with him? What's your distraction? Then the second thing is we seek after one thing. One thing is necessary, he says in verse 42. But Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not take away from her. And then you pull from Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. We don't get distracted, and we seek after one thing, which is Jesus. We seek after his presence. We seek after his work in our life. We seek after knowing him more, spending more time with him. Look at this. Notice he didn't say, hey, one thing is beneficial, it's helpful. There's this one thing, if you would add to the other things, it would make it better. No, no, no. He said, actually, hey, Martha, only one thing is necessary. Necessary. You know what he means by that? This is important. Everything else is technically unnecessary. If one thing is necessary, by implication, what does that make everything else? Unnecessary. Unnecessary. God does not need you or I to save the world. That is his job. God wants us to worship him. And for that worship to create a love for him that compels us to join him in his work of saving the world. Our order, the order, everything's about the order. One thing is necessary, necessary, necessary. Meaning everything else is, no matter how good it is, and we're going to do an awful lot of it, unnecessary. One thing is necessary. Notice in Psalm 27, 4 as well, he says, one thing I ask and that will I seek. So we ask and we seek. This is what we have to go after. This is what requires discipline, effort, all my energy. I'm going to seek after Jesus. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to come to the prayer room when we have it ready. I'm going to do, I'm going to seek after Jesus. When I'm with my friends, we're going to talk about Jesus. And I think it's kind of funny how people who claim to love Jesus don't talk about him very much. It's not normal. Jesus is not normal conversation. So we're going to seek after Jesus. We're going to talk about him. We're going to encourage him. Look, it says that he's beautiful. I'm going to gaze upon his beauty. And I'm telling you, right? We're just shoo, shoo, shoo. gazing is not a word we use. It's a word we use for lazy people. It's not a word we use. And the Bible says, listen, one thing, one thing. I just want to look at Jesus. And you know the reason why we don't spend a lot of time looking at Jesus is we have forgotten how beautiful he is. Nobody has to convince me to look at my wife. I don't need a spreadsheet. I don't need any help with that. I don't need any reason. I want to because I think she's beautiful. And the same truth is to be applied to Jesus except times a million. He is so great and beautiful and worthy and good. Everything about him is pure and true and right. He's the best thing to look at. Amen. 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 He's the best thing to be. He's beautiful. 
And so we seek after him. The reason why we get so bored is we're not looking in the right direction. I'm bored because I'm just going to church. I'm not looking at Jesus. I'm bored because I'm trying to be a good person in the world, but I'm not looking at Jesus. And Christianity has become routine to me. And the Bible says we need to carve out time in our schedule and then learn the practice of always pointing our eyes to Jesus. Through fellowship with one another, through memorizing scripture, through talking about him all the time, through gathering with other believers. These are things we do to look at Jesus. It is worth it. And some of you in this room just needed to be reminded that Jesus is better to look at than Instagram. And I just started using Instagram. And I was telling my wife, I kind of like it, you know. I had stayed out of this social media world pretty well. And people were like, oh, you're a pastor now, you should do it, it helps. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I try to get into it. I don't know how to use Insta stories. I've been working and learning. My wife texts me, she's like, that was terrible. You shouldn't have posted that, you know. She's like the expert. She's like, no, you can do it this way. You don't just shrink it, shrink it, do this over there. I'm like, yo, there's way too many rules for this. I thought it was easy. I don't even know if I'm into this. So I began to use it. And the more you use it, it's kind of fun. I kind of enjoyed it. I'm kind of seeing myself in an Instagram addict group about five years from now needing to get a dumb phone because I can't get away from my phone now you know walk around taking insta stories I think it's kind of fun uh, but we get so caught up right and then what happens we get caught up and then we get jealous and if we looked at Jesus we'd be content so where are you looking what's your distraction and where are you looking where are your eyes what are you seeking let me run off some verses for you. This is the tenor of the Bible. The Christians are a group of people who zealously seek Jesus. That's their primary marker. Look at this. Psalm 40, 16. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 105, 3 and 4. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Why don't y'all rejoice? Let's seek the Lord. Give the Lord some rejoice. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Psalm 119. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Psalm 119.10, with my whole heart, Lord, I seek you. With everything that I am, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. This is what it feels like to know the Lord. And these are the things that should define and mark us. We are all about Jesus. We prioritize him. He is our priority. And secondly, as we close out, Jesus is our message. Jesus is our priority. We have one message. It's Jesus. Every Sunday, the message is Jesus. Everything I have to talk to you that's any helpful is Jesus. Jesus is our message. He's what we talk about. He is what we are all about. Jesus is our priority and our message. As we said earlier, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. If I want to help you get on the right way, know the real truth, and have an abundant life, I'm going to share with you the message of Jesus. If you don't think you're on the right way or know the truth or living an abundant life, it's because you haven't met Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He lived, died, and rose again so we could have eternal life in his name. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 5. Jesus died the death that you deserve and I deserve. He rose again in our place. And now he lives and he says, if anybody would believe in me and call upon my name, that person will be saved. 
Jesus is the message. He is the only way to eternal life. He is the only way. Acts 4.12. There is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved except Jesus. Jesus. No other name. No other name. The only name in the history of the world that really helps people is Jesus. Amen. It's the only name. It's the only one we're talking about is Jesus. He's our only message. And so that's what we have to talk about is Jesus. And that's what you need to hear today is Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, God brought you here to start a relationship with Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. He rose again. He conquered the death and grave. And he's here offering himself to you. All you have to do is receive it. It's a gift. Jesus is our message. We are people who love to talk about Jesus. Not just from the stage, not just in our sermons, but all the time. Jesus is our message. He's our talking point. Jesus is our priority. He's our message. You know, the other day I got pulled over, which happens to me from time to time. And uh, I was speeding in a school zone. But it was like one of those, you know, I'm not a terrible person, I promise. It was one of those where like the school zone's like 15, you're going 35, you know, and you feel like, um, I don't know, I mean, how do you drive slower than 35? I don't understand. <laughs> and you're feeling like I'm going pretty slow and everything's fine. And then no, legit, he pulls me over. He's like, you know, I pulled you over. I'm like, I really don't. I have no idea. I was going like 30 miles an hour. He's like, oh, it's a school zone. You know, it's like 50 miles an hour or something. I was like, I didn't see that. He was like, did you miss that sign right there? I was like, I guess so. <laughs> now what had happened was, I, was, I went somewhere and picked up a piece of paper about some contract for something, and uh, Lord forgive me, I was reading the contract on my steering wheel, you know, as I was driving, and he saw me. He saw me. He was like, I think I know why you missed the sign. <laughs> I was like, what? Why, officer? You know? He's like, I saw you reading that thing. I'm like, okay, all right, guilty. You take me to jail or what's going on right now? Like, how are we doing this? I was just playing. He's like, I'm gonna give you a ticket. You know, he was pretty straightforward. I was like, okay, I appreciate your clarity and directness. Um, do your thing. You know, I have no, I have no out. I just, yeah, I'm guilty. Sorry. So he goes back and he's back there, you know, doing his thing for a minute, and then he comes back without a ticket, and he says, uh, listen, sir, today's your day. Today's your lucky day. And I was like, why is that? And he said, well, I went back there to write up your ticket and my computer froze. <laughs> and he said, I tried to wait a few minutes. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is alive and he's working in my life. And he answers my prayers. Yes, Lord. And amen. I will always be with you even when you get pulled over by a cop. Yeah, there we go. He's always with me. And he's like, yo, it, it froze up, and I just can't, I literally can't print it out. I can't give you a ticket, so today's your lucky day. And I was like, not my lucky day, the Lord is on my side. And he was like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, he wasn't interested. He wasn't interested in that, you know? And so I, I got off scot-free, but it was because of something I didn't do. Something else intervened on my behalf. Now, this is the truth as we close. This is the truth of Jesus. You and I both are guilty. We have sinned against one another. We have sinned against the Lord. We are guilty and there's no way out. We have been caught reading it right in front of the cop. We have been caught red-handed right before the Lord. We are guilty as guilty can be. There is no out whatsoever and there's also nothing we can do about it. Unless someone intervenes. Which is what Jesus did. Jesus steps in to our guiltiness and he freezes up God's computer, so to speak. <laughs> And he takes care of our debt. He takes care of our ticket. He dies on the cross. He pays for the ticket. He rises from the dead. He secures your victory. He intervenes on your behalf.
And then he says, if you would simply receive it, say yes to that. Say, yes, I received the fact that you did not give me a ticket. Amen. I'm not going to write my own ticket right now. I receive it. If you hear that message and you receive it, say yes and amen, Lord. I want that. Thank you for what you've done for me. Yes. The Bible then says you will be saved. Not because you did anything, not because you became a better person, not because you went and did something nice for the world, not because you went and did a lot of missional stuff we're hoping to do, not because you made a difference, not because you changed yet, because you said yes to Jesus. Jesus is the message. Jesus is the message, and Jesus has intervened on your behalf. This is the truth that some of you need to receive today. You came here today, like I said, thinking you were helping a church launch its first service, and you have been. Thank you. But God brought you here for something way more important than that, that you would come to know him, that you would receive. He's paid your ticket. He wants you to say yes today. We're going to give you a chance to do that. For the rest of us, we're going to give you a chance to remember what he's done. We're going to take communion, and we're going to remember what Jesus has done for us, how he's intervened on our behalf. And the goal is to awaken our love and affection for him once more. All right, so let me pray, and then I'm going to give a few quick directions about this next few minutes. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for who you are. You are our priority. You are a message. And Lord, we pray you would guard that. God, we want to do so many good things, Lord. We want to be active. We want to bless this city. We want to bless the world. We want to move. We don't want to stay static, God. We got things to do, things to accomplish, Lord. But please help us stay focused. There's one thing that's really necessary, and it's you. I pray that you would create here a group of people that are madly in love with you, that want more of you, that want to spend time with you. And may all our efforts to change the world around us, to take the gospel to everywhere around us, may those flow out of our relationship with you. Empower us by what you are doing in our own lives. So, Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, so a few uh, quick directions then. If you are here and you would consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, we're going to take communion, which is the Lord's Supper. Very simply, Jesus met with his disciples before his death on the cross. And he said, this is this took the bread. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. Eat in remembrance of me. Then he said, this is my blood that's poured out for you. Drink in remembrance of me. And so we have tables in the back at your own time. It's very important you reflect on your relationship with the Lord, that you ask him what's in your heart that needs to be repented of and turned from, and that as you take communion, you ask the Lord to let it awaken love and affection to remember that Jesus really did do this for you, and it's a big deal. So take communion at your own. We're not going to do it all like at the same time with me up here. Just there in the back and take it. Secondly, for those of you who need prayer or want to make some kind of spiritual decision, something in your life needs to change, you want to follow Jesus, or you need prayer for something specific in regards to this stuff before you take communion, we're going to have a prayer team down front. So if I can get the people I asked to come pray, to go ahead and gather down front, there's going to be men and women at the front. Remember, we're not here to do church or to play a routine. We're here to meet with God. That calls for a response. And so you might need prayer. You might need to follow Jesus. We're here to help walk you through that. We want to engage with you on what God's doing in your heart right now. I don't want you to leave from this place without having solidified what God has established, what God has moved. And so come up here, respond to what the Lord is doing in your life, whether it's to rededicate to him, whether it's to first time follow him, whether you just need prayer because something intense is going on in your life, come up here. And for the rest of you, go ahead and take communion. And some of you might do both. That's cool, all right? But if you're not a follower of Christ, we do ask that you come take Christ. 
Come hear about Jesus. Come follow him. And communion is for those who have committed themselves to him already, all right? So y'all go ahead now, as of now, and go ahead and take communion. Come meet with the Lord. We're going to sing a couple more songs and close it out together, all right? So meet with the Lord right now. Do what you need to do. adore you. We thank you so much that you and your word promise us that you will build your church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Uh, Lord, we pray that this will be the first of many gatherings of your church that will praise you. Uh, we thank you. We pray that you bless this time, that this service was pleasing to you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. I got a few announcements for you. My name is Taylor. I'm privileged, so privileged to be one of the pastors here. We are super excited uh, that this day has finally arrived. I couldn't sleep last night. Uh, I wish I could say it's because my wife's super pregnant. It was just because I was so excited about what God was going to do in hearts and in lives in this church and in this community. Uh, so first, I just want to thank you. Uh, about a hundred times this morning, people said, hey, what can I help you with? What can I do? Uh, and it's a really good question. And I think Nate answered it for us. He clarified it. Seek the Lord. That's what we want to be known for. That's what we want to do. We want to seek the Lord. But thank you for being so willing to help. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of this uh, movement. Uh, so we want to uh, do a couple things. We have a couple of lighthouses. That's the language we're using for our small group gatherings, our lighthouses. So if you're a lighthouse leader, can you stand up? Because we want everybody in the room to know who you are. Lighthouse leaders, stand up. can't lift anything. Uh, yeah, these are our lighthouse leaders. Thank you so much for um, being willing to lead. Uh, going forward, we're going to have more opportunities to serve, but if you check our website, you can get in touch with our lighthouse leaders. All their information is on the website. Uh, after this, the party continues. We're going to have food over here. We're going to have people uh, talking, uh, fellowship. We want to create community. So this isn't uh, come to church and then leave. Uh, there's going to be a ton of food, so please stay, and if uh, you're not hungry, you can help us pack up. So uh, we have a ton of stuff that we need to load onto these trailers, but again, we want to thank you so much for being a part of this. So this is our benediction from here on going forward. Uh, I'm going to say this, and then you're going to go live it out, and this is straight from Scripture. Go be the light of the world. Got it? Go be the light of the world. Amen. Thank you. Y'all next year.